Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Anastasia Baptist Church. My name is Heather Carlton. I'm the missions minister here, and we are so happy to see everyone this morning. I'm thankful that you all braved the cold and you're here. If you are new or a guest, we would love to be able to connect with you. If you could text the number 904-441-6900, text the word CONNECT to that number. That'll send you a link to our digital connect card. You can fill out your prayer request there, and that'll allow us to be able to follow up with you. We just want to get you plugged in. This is a great place to call home, so we really hope you take advantage of that. I have a few announcements this morning. First of all, ladies... The Daughter of the King Tea will be Saturday, March the 5th. They have sign-ups going on right now in the atrium, so please make sure to get your table and sign up if you haven't done that already. It'll be a wonderful opportunity for you, your daughter, your granddaughter, your neighbors, your friends. It'll be a lovely event, so we'd love to have you there. Coming up... Finally, next week, stand by for the exact minutes and seconds away from Pastor Walter. We'll be able to tell you exactly when the 50th anniversary will be here. Again, just a reminder, you all are here at the appropriate time, just one service at 1030. And make sure to make your reservations online to make sure we have enough food for everyone, Anastasia.com. AnastasiaChurch.org slash 50th is how you can register online for that. Today is the deadline for registration, so yes, make sure you won't have chicken, okay? Make sure to get that registration in. Finally, please mark the calendar March the 6th. That Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock in the CLC, we'll have a business meeting and the Building Steering Committee will be giving updates that you really want to be there for, some exciting things happening and moving forward for our 4G campaign. We look forward to an amazing time of worship this morning as Pastor David leads our choir.
As we just sang, we have much for which to praise God. He's a creator God who brought into being all that is by just a word of his mouth. He's a faithful God who will never fail to fulfill what he's promised. He's a saving God who provides salvation for all who call upon him in faith. And he's a persevering and a preserving God who keeps his own even through times of trial and tribulation and who has called us, his children, to persevere in and preserve and to pass on the faith that he's entrusted to us. So we're going to read together from the epistle of Jude. This is God's word, so let's give it the attention it deserves and the obedience that it demands. Let's read together. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. In the several verses that followed, Jude then gives examples of people and even of angels who tried to twist God's ways to suit their own desires. He warns us to beware of such. Let's pick up the reading with verse 17. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Jude ends his epistle with a beautiful doxology, a word of praise to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of the faith that we are called to advance. Let's read this together. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, when we read of faithless people in your word, of scoffers following their own ungodly passions and causing divisions, let us not be so detached from reality that we don't realize that at times that could be describing us. Lord, remind us of how great is our sinfulness so that we can see in contrast how great is our Savior. So congregation, take a moment now to ask the Holy Spirit to bring to mind any unconfessed sin. And as he does that, admit that sin, acknowledge it, and ask for forgiveness.
Remember that sin can be in word or in deed, in attitude as well as in actions. Remember also that sin can be the wrong we do as well as the good we refuse to do. Lord, you've promised that if we confess our sins, then you who are faithful and just will forgive our sins and will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We take our stand in faith on the truth of your word and gladly receive the forgiveness you extend. We also pray that we will become more and more a people who are being built up in the faith. We ask for the Holy Spirit to guide our lives, our words, our actions. Keep us in the love of God and redeem us from the love of ourselves and the things of this passing world. As you have shown boundless mercy to us, help us to show that same mercy that leads to eternal life to others. Keep us from stumbling and Present us blameless before the presence of your glory with great joy. We join our hearts with that of your servant Jude, as we ascribe to you the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord. All glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Psalm 22, verse 4 reads, In you our fathers trusted, they trusted, and you delivered them. That faith has never failed because the object of that faith, God himself, has never failed and will never fail. Let's stand. Let's sing together.
Let's pray together. Father God, we do thank you again for this opportunity we have to come before your throne. And Lord, thank you that your throne is as real as it is right here in church this morning. I pray, Lord, that you will bless the offerings and the tithes and the gifts. And then, Lord, as we prepare to celebrate 50 years of service for you here, let this just be the beginning. And so we rejoice in your love and your care. In Jesus' name. Let's lift this prayer for open ears, open eyes, to hear and see whatever it is God has for us this morning. Speak, O oh Lord, as we come to you. Receive the food of your See you today. 
You sure? There we go. That was not their fault. They, there's a different frequency when I'm in there than I'm in here, and I didn't change my mic pack over, so I apologize. Not your fault, Chuck. Appreciate, appreciate your patience. Whew. Okay. <clears throat> wow, next week, next week we celebrate 50 years of ministry. Isn't that great? Yeah. Six days, 23 hours, <laughs> and 39 minutes. It's going to be a great day. 50 years running strong. 50 years. This is when the mission, the Anastasia Baptist Church mission 50 years ago next Sunday, uh, no longer became a, a, uh, a daughter ministry of Ancient City Baptist Church. It became its own self-supporting uh, church. And, and praise God, it was a great time. We have people that were here in this room that were there when that happened. Isn't that great? It's, yeah, it's going to be a great, great time. We're going to hear from some people who were present that day. We're going to hear from uh, uh, all our pastor location, our pastor merits. Pastor Ron, I see you there. You're going to be a part of the message there. There's going to be great music. The kids praise the song they have for both venues. It is amazing. It's going to be a great, great time. Special guests. There's going to be a gift for every family that comes. So I hope you'll come. Hope you'll invite some people to come. And if you're here in person, join us for that free chicken dinner. That's going to be great. Why don't you turn in one reservation per family, not one per week per family, just one reservation per family. And uh, if you're online and you don't feel like it's comfortable, it's comfortable or safe for you to be back, just get your chicken dinner, have it ready after the live stream, and you can join us vicariously as we celebrate together. But it's going to be a great, great day. Now, next week, we're going to celebrate what God did in years past. Today, I want to talk about looking forward. As we're looking at 50 years of how God has blessed, I want to talk about moving forward. And I'm coming from Hebrews chapter 10, and I invite you to turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Um, <clears throat> many years ago, I ran the Gate River Run. And I've only run it one time. It's 15K. It's a long, 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 long run. And I, I trained for it, and I ran it. And as I was starting to run that run, I got a little discouraged because as I'm running, there's a guy that passed me just full speed ahead. He was a fireman in full gear. I mean, and he's going to zoom right past me. I, think, I thought I was hot stuff until he passed me by. And then someone else passed me by real fast. It was a young mother with a stroller in front of her. And, and she goes right by me. And then a few minutes later, here comes SpongeBob SquarePants, a great big guy in a SpongeBob Square, just all passing me by. I thought, man, oh man, I guess I'm not ready for this if all these people can pass me by. But I endured to the end and praise God. I'm glad I did. I'm glad I made it all the way through. Well, uh, I had to keep looking forward for that victory. And that's the point. We need to keep looking forward. It is great to celebrate the past, and I think it's so important to celebrate the past, but we need to keep looking forward because, church, our next victory is in front of us. Our next victory is in the future, okay? In your spiritual life, your next faith victory is not what happened in the past. It's what God is going to do in the future. And that's what I want to talk about today. So uh, the next great triumph in the Lord, it's what's coming and the question I have for you today, some self-evaluation. Is your faith advancing or is it shrinking? Is your faith advancing or is it shrinking? 
Okay, are you anticipating your best years in the Lord that they're coming? Or do you think that your best years in the Lord, that's what happened in the past? Okay, and so, and, and for church in this culture, in this age, and you know what's going on in the world, right? In this culture, in this age, and in the power and protection of Jesus Christ, I'm here to declare to you the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come for every individual follower of Jesus. I don't care if you're 137 years old or you're six years old. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the best is yet to come. That's what the word of God tells us. That's what I want to share with you today. So I invite you to stand with me in honor of God's word. Hebrews chapter 10. I'm starting at verse 32. And this is what the writer of Hebrews wrote. He says, but recall the former days when, after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. Are you getting that? You joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one? Are you getting that? This was not a time of religious freedom. I love my religious freedom, but it's saying here there's something even more important than religious freedom in a nation because God has something that that endures past our life. Moving on. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance so that when you've done the will of God, you may receive what is promised for yet a little while and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their soul. I'm going to move into chapter 11. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these words. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to see no matter what circumstance we are personally, what circumstance we find ourselves in culturally, culturally, what position we see ourselves historically, Lord, that we would look to you and realize that the best is yet to come. And help us to be fearless in our faith, fearless in speaking out about you and trusting in your plan. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. No one ever said following Jesus was going to be easy. If you look at verse 32, it says, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened. Now, now the writers writing to the Hebrews, these were people that were Hebrew, okay? People from Israel. They're people that were at the day of Pentecost, that day when you were enlightened, that day when the Holy Spirit came down on the church and 3,000 people were saved in one day. I mean, that was amazing. That was when you were enlightened. The Holy Spirit came down on the church and God worked through them in great power, okay? That's what he's talking about. In the former days when after you were enlightened, then he said, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings. No one ever said following Jesus was going to be easy. Being blessed doesn't mean living easy. You know, that doesn't mean that. You know, 
they, they endured, it says here in verse 33, a hard struggle, sufferings, public reproach, affliction. I mean, and, and so after they're dealing with all this, they had a great victory. And then now, now they're in a cultural situation where it seems like everybody's against the Christians. What do they do? What is the word for the church? Verse 35, it's right there. Verse 35, therefore, do not throw away your confidence. Do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. And that word translated confidence, we often think of confidence as being a feeling. If I have confidence, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling secure in, my, in what I'm going to uh, say. I feel like I have a strong foundation. But really that word is translated most often in the New Testament as speaking openly and speaking frankly and just being, being very strong and fearless. And so it's actually saying, speak up. Do not throw away your confidence. Do not throw away your openness to speak about Jesus Christ. That is what it's saying here. Be fearless in my faith in Jesus Christ. Be confident in my faith in Jesus without ambiguity, without vagueness. I don't serve just a higher power. I serve Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. That's what it's saying. Be confident in that. Declare Jesus Christ as Lord and that salvation is found in no other name. Be confident in that. And so the first word I have for you, the first part of the sermon notes is this. Confidence. Have confidence in our mission because Jesus still reigns. Jesus is still on his throne. Have confidence in our mission. Jesus still reigns. Have confidence. You see, in case you haven't heard, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. He is on his throne, right? And he is continuing to reign for all eternity. And Jesus has a plan, Anastasia. Jesus has a plan, church. Jesus has a plan that he's going to use his church until the time he comes back. He's going to use his church to expand his kingdom. And so Jesus is still on his throne and he's given no indication that he is changing his plan. And we are part of his plan. Church is part of his plan. Have confidence in our mission. He still uses his faithful followers gathered together as church to accomplish his work until he comes again. Have confidence. Be fearless. We have a mission. Our mission is this, helping people embrace the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ. That's our mission. And that's our mission until Jesus Christ comes again. I have read those articles. And you have too, I know, because some of you send me those articles. (laughs) You send me lots of articles, (laughs) video links, all kinds of things, but that's a whole nother sermon. (laughs) But I've read the articles and the data that say our nation is moving into a post-Christian culture. Can I share with you, my confidence is not founded on polling data. My confidence is not founded in articles, in magazines, in blogs. My confidence is in Jesus Christ, and he is reigning for all eternity. I praise the Lord for that. Now, even if culture moves into a post-Christian posture, I don't know if that's going to happen. But even if culture moves into a post-Christian posture, there is no such thing as a post-Jesus eternity. And that's what I'm trusting in, right? I'm trusting him. I'm going to have confidence in Jesus and confidence in his church. I'm going to be fearless in my faith. You know, especially during this last two years, some people have struggled, really struggled with engaging with church. And some have even given up. I want to say to you, don't give up on Jesus and don't give up on church. His plan for reaching this world 
Okay? Have confidence in our mission because Jesus still reigns. Okay? The next thing I want to share with you, coming from verse 36, it's something that we're going to need in order to have that confidence. And he says here, for you have need of endurance. You have need of endurance so that when you've done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. We need endurance. Now, this biblical word endurance, it's most often translated as patience. Patience, endurance, or patient endurance. If I were to break apart the the little parts of it in Greek, it means staying power. We have to have staying power. You know what 50 years means for Anastasia Church? It means we've exhibited staying power. Praise God for that. And I believe that he's going to continue to use us as long as we stay clean and close to him. Okay, so, so endurance. And I want to ask you this. How is your endurance? How is your staying power? How is your faithfulness to the Lord? Even as you hear all the things that go on in the world and, and how attitudes are changing in culture, how is your staying power? Are you enduring? Do you have faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Do you believe his word is the map that we live by? How is that? Are, are, are you going strong or do you have hot days and cold days? Are you on and off, on and off? You know, we need endurance. You know why we need endurance? You know why we need staying power? Because even though we're blessed every day, not every day is a good day. Not every day feels like a good day. Not every year feels like a good year. But every day and every year as a follower of Jesus Christ, we're blessed. We are blessed. Now, the blessings, the blessings come to us. And they cut through the experience so that the blessings can come to us in both the bad days and the good days, okay? Uh, and so we're blessed and we need endurance because there are going to be those bad days. And, and the writer of Hebrews goes a little further than endurance. And he writes that in Christ, our confidence, our endurance, it all becomes stronger as we keep keeping on. And he says, we need to make our faith advance. And it says in verse 39, but we are not of those who shrink back. Praise God, Anastasia Church is not of those who shrink back. That we stand for Jesus is the way and the Bible is the map. Okay? Uh, We're not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who faith and preserve their souls. We have to have confidence in our mission, but to, to do that, we need to demonstrate endurance in our call. So don't shrink back from the call. Don't shrink back from the vision. Press on. So the word I have for you is this, endurance. That's the next thing to write down, endurance. It's time to dig in, not pack it in. After 50 years of strong ministry at Anastasia, it is time to dig in, not pack it in, okay? This is the time to lean into what God's called us to do together as church. Do you know, I meet monthly with a group of pastors in our area. It's called The Collective, and they just gather together, and usually someone shares a little bit of teaching and encouragement. And we have some food and fellowship, and we pray for each other. And uh, it's for pastors and also for church planters that come in. And I've noticed that about every year there are six or seven church planters that come in for various denominations. This is not just Baptist. This is just Bible-believing, Jesus-believing people. I've noticed about six or seven couples every year move to this area, and they want to start a church. And I say, come on. We have over 200,000 people in this, in this county, and 60% of them say, I have no relationship with God whatsoever. So we live in a lost community, okay? Most people are lost in our community. I say, bring the churches on. We need more Jesus-believing, Bible-teaching, Holy Spirit-anointed churches. 
That's what we need here in our county. So I say bring it on. But I notice that they, they struggle a lot of times because they come in here. One of the first things is trying to find a place to meet. They struggle finding a place to meet. Then they try to gather some believers and then having, having mature believers to help them carry on the mission. That could be a real struggle. And, uh, and some of them struggle financially for support. And I've seen church planters giving their all. And I've seen churches rise slowly out of that church planting process. And I have seen church planters come and give it their all for about five years. And they move on to something else because they don't have anything left to give. So I'm thinking to myself as a church plant, Anastasia, what if we erased the last 50 years of what happened as far as we're not going to sit on those laurels anymore. And we were a church plant. And we say, if we're going to start church today with what God has given us so far, think about what he's given us. He's given us three prominent locations here in the county. Beautiful facilities. You know what he's given us? You, you guys are so full of leadership. So many strong, mature believers here in this room right now. He's given us leadership all up and down the organization. He's given us financial stability. He's given us a good reputation in the community. If we were to try to start a church with what we have here, there should be nothing stopping us. Because God has blessed us tremendously. Now, I want you to know, if you think that maybe the best days of church are behind you, let me tell you, this is not the time to pack it in. It's time to dig in because God has some great things in plan, not just for Anastasia Church, but for all, all churches. I believe it's time to dig in and, and not pack it in. So I praise God for that. You know, uh, the Lord has given us a vision. He's given us a vision and a plan to advance the kingdom. And, and, and if he's given us a vision, a plan, he's given us facilities, he's given us financial stability, he's given us leadership. What should we do with that? What should we do with that in the next year or five years or 10 years? We ought to be serving the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Church, it's time to dig in, not pack it in. Do not believe all the stuff that says that the church is in its death throes. It's time to dig in. God wants his followers uh, to gather in his name and dig in. We, you know, we have a goal. One of our vision goals is this. We want to reach our community by having life groups and homes throughout the neighborhoods. Okay? You know what it's going to take? It's going to take people digging in. We need more people to get involved in life groups. If you're not in a life group, dig in. It's time to dig in, not pack it in. And then in those life groups, we need more people to say, I'm going to step up in leadership. I'm willing to start a new one. I'm willing to go through leadership training and be a part of that. And then we need some people to say, hey, I feel like God is calling me to dig in. I need to offer my home as a place where a life group can meet. It is, if we're going to reach that goal, it's time not to disengage from church. It's time to engage. It's time to dig in, not pack it in. Is God calling us to do this? I believe he is. So let's dig in. You know, uh, we have this, we have this uh, plan two years ago. We announced it to the congregation. We feel God is calling us to build a family center. As a matter of fact, it's part of our, our M28 vision that we announced in 2015. We said by 2022, we wanted to build a, a family ministry center for preschoolers, children, and youth. And we put all that together. And last, in February of 2020, we had all that shared before the congregation. And we were going to have uh, first fruits offering the end of March 2020. Well, do you know what happened before then? Yeah, shows you how good I am at planning. Okay, I, I, I'm awful when I try to predict things. You know what you've done in the last two years? 
and we haven't mentioned it a whole lot. I didn't feel like it was appropriate to mention it a whole lot when we weren't letting people into the building that we had in the early days of the pandemic. But at that time, you've given almost $4 million to that. You know what? Is that family ministry center on hold? No, no. It's time to dig in, not pack it in. So when we have this congregation meeting on March 6th, and you're going to see Roy Jones back there get up and share the plans of what God is calling us to do and where the steps are and what the next steps are forward. God's calling us to dig in, not to pack it in. Okay? So anyway, we have to have endurance, though. So I just want to say never give up. Next thing I want to share with you comes from uh, Hebrews chapter 11. We need, we need something else as well. We need endurance. We need confidence. But then it says in Hebrews 11, verses 1 and 2, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Uh, now in the construction of this sentence, if you're, if you're a language nerd like me, you know that the way Hebrew is constructed, the first sentence sort of uh, is a synonym. To, the first um, phrase is a synonym for the second phrase. They sort of go together. So faith is related to conviction. Things hoped for is related to things not seen. So what it's saying is basically that faith and conviction are very similar. They are synonyms, okay? Faith is the assurance. Faith is a conviction. And they both mean the same thing in this passage, okay? They mean that you believe something so much you know that you know that you know so much in something that it actually changes the way you live. That's what conviction is, and that's what faith is. It changes how I act. And so I see where I am now. I know where Christ plans for me to be. What is faith? Faith means I see where I am. I see where God wants me to be. Now I'm going to close the gap. That's what faith is. I, make, I take steps to close the gap. And so that's the next thing to write down, conviction. Close the gap between personal reality and faith-filled vision. Close the gap between where you see yourself now. When I say faith, personal reality, that is assuming that you are personally aware. Some of us struggle with that. As a matter of fact, most of us do. Yeah, you got it there. Thank you. Um, you know, most of us, we're really, we're really aware of how other people are in their, in their spiritual walk and oblivious of our own. But we need to see where we are and where we need to be and just close the gap. You know, I ran that Gate River Run, and there were those people that, very conspicuous people that passed me by. But as I settled into that run, you know what I did? I, I put my focus on someone in front of me. I said, maybe I can catch up to that person. I looked at that person, and I just did whatever it took to close the gap. I got to where that person was. I focused on another person. I tried to close the gap. That's our faith walk. Okay, that's our faith walk, you know, um, and, and it took confidence. It took endurance. It took hard work, but it took a conviction that I could. And God gives us a vision of what he wants us to be. So wherever, you know, he wants you to be. I don't know what it is. I don't know what that thing is that's keeping you from being the saint that Christ calls you to be. I don't know what that thing that's holding you back. I don't know what that thing that you're not doing that you need to start doing. But close the gap. If you say, you know, my prayer life is not where it needs to be. Well, for heaven's sake, get down on your knees and start praying. Say, I just don't know the Bible. Go home and open up the Bible and start reading. It is not hard. Just close the gap. You don't know how to share your faith. You come see Russ. He'll show you how, right? That's all you got to do. Just close the gap. 
close the gap. Paul wrote it this way in Philippians 3. He said, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. He's talking about his faith. He said, I'm not perfect in my faith. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm going to press on toward the goal. And there's a goal of faith. So what is it in your life? And it's challenging to different people in different ways. There's a young lady named Mallory. Several weeks ago came to our church. And uh, she came. And uh, When she came in here, uh, just before 8 o'clock service was to begin, she said, you know what? I just got out of jail. I had my friend pick me up, and I'm going to stay with my friend. But I asked her if she could drop me off here at church on the way out of jail. Just left jail, came to church. She said, I want to get baptized. So um, the security person brought over to me. We talked for a while, and I was getting ready to head into the 8 o'clock service and passed her off to somebody else. And that person counseled that person, found out that this young lady had come to a strong faith while she was in jail. And she felt the next step of faith was that she needed to get baptized. She left the jail and before, before she even found that place to put her bed, her head on a bed that night, she found the church that I want to get baptized. And you know what? She came back the next day and you know what we did? We baptized her in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. She was just closing the gap. Now, I tell you what, I have a lot of people. <laughs> Over 100 people here at this church said, I want to come join this church, be baptized, have never followed through with baptism. <laughs> I think, yeah, don't tell this young lady that. <laughs> yeah, whatever you have to do, whatever you have to do, if God is calling you to get in a life group, get in a life group, close the gap. If God's calling you to step into leadership, step into leadership. Whatever it is, you just take a step of faith and close the gap. That's what conviction is. It means you actually believe it enough that it's going to change your life. And the last thing I want to share. Verse 11, Hebrews 11, verse 39. This is after the writer talks about what faith is. And then he goes through a catalog uh, of these great heroes of the faith. And he says in verse 39, And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. These heroes of the faith, they didn't see all that faith was going to give them because they didn't know the risen Lord Jesus Christ. But we do. We do. And, and just what I want to say is here, what we have that they didn't have is we had the vision. We know what life forever with Jesus is, that faith life. And so the last word I have for you is hope. Hope. Don't lose hope. Have confidence, have endurance, have conviction, and have hope. Look expectantly for God's promises. And he's going he's gonna to fulfill all his promises. He'll fulfill some of them here on earth, and he'll fulfill most of them in heaven. That's what he tells us in his word. And I love Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 talks about hope. It says this, Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, what that means, I have faith in Jesus Christ, and that means that I have a right to be in heaven. I've been justified by faith. We have peace with God through Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. That's how we have eternal life. And verse 2, and through him we've also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand and we rejoice in what? In the hope of the glory of the Lord. 
We're standing in the expectancy of being in his presence because of faith in Christ. And not only that in verse 3, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. God has poured his love into your heart. God has poured his love into your life so that you can live in strength and endurance and faith. And when you trust in him, if, you, if you've never trusted in him as your Lord and Savior, right now he's pouring his love into you. And if you say, Lord Jesus, I would love to be forgiven of my sins and I'm committing myself to you as Lord of my life. You know what the Bible says? By faith, we know that our sins will be forgiven because he's faithful. If you've never done that, Live, live in that hope. Live expectantly. If there's a step of faith you have to take, take that step of faith. Because God's love is being poured out on you for a reason. You know why he's pouring out his love on you? Because he knows that if you are in him, the best is yet to come. Would you pray with me, please? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. And Lord, I'm just so thankful for celebrating 50 good years next week. But also, Lord, I'm thankful for the future that you have for this church and for all other churches that trust in your name and believe in your word. And Lord Jesus, I pray that your hand of protection and your hand of power would be on Bible-believing, Jesus-following churches in this community, Lord, and throughout the world. And Lord, as you do great things in individual lives, as you do great things among us as church, Lord, help us not to steal a minute portion of your glory. But Lord, we give it all to you. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. We're coming to a time of response. If God's calling you to make a step of faith, it might be to become a member of this church or to present yourself for baptism. Or maybe you just want to pray about something. Whatever God's calling you to do, whether you're coming forward or, or are you reflecting in the pew, let God do his work in you. Let's stand and let's sing.
Church, as we depart, receive your blessing from God's word to those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Go out now to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. And all God's people who pledged to do so said, Amen. Amen.